I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund with your Monday morning podcast. Washington with a big victory over Oregon State down in Corvallis. Some strange happenings in the uh, in the Pac-12 over the weekend. Cal this week on Saturday with a 7.45 kickoff. Recruiting blog expected Monday morning, so we've got that to look forward to as well. But uh, you know, just real quick before we start off, I want to give a big shout out and a big thanks to the guys at Fife RV. They took care of us really, really well. We left at about eight o'clock in the morning and headed down to Corvallis. And uh, the guys had a first class rig and took care of us. And you know, as much fun as we had in the RV, they seem to have just as much fun with us. So you know, if uh, you need anything, RV needs our. Fife RV, they took care of us, and I'm sure they'll take care of you. But uh, impressive win down in Oregon State. A little bit of a slow start, but uh, any cause for concern from you, Scott? I don't think so. I I mean, I think Washington obviously could have gotten off to a little bit better start. I think Jacob Browning could have gotten the ball out a little bit quicker and and maybe gotten Washington a couple more scores before the halftime. But you know what? They went into the halftime. They went in the locker room, made some adjustments, Came out, blitzed, uh, you know, right past Oregon State. Ended up getting up, I don't know, what were they, 42 nothing before they before Oregon State scored on the last drive or whatever it was. So, um, you know, I mean, nothing too concerning in my, in my opinion. Um, like to see Washington maybe get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, but they did get some consistent pressure uh, when they needed to. So, um, overall, I think it was a good win, ex- exactly what I expected, and Washington is now 5-0, and so uh, how can you really complain? Yeah, and on the last scoring drive by Oregon State, Washington had as many as eight freshmen on the field. Eight. Yeah, so, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I know on the sidelines they were really, really pushing for the freshmen to dig in and get that shutout, but, uh, you know, eight freshmen – you know, stuff's going to happen. So I uh, got a lot of experience for those guys. So it's a good thing. I thought Miles Gaskin had a good game. LeVon Coleman did some nice stuff. Jake Browning, if I held the ball, like you said, held the ball a little too long. I don't know if he's holding the ball, you know, and that's something that you guys are going to need to keep an eye on in the booth against Cal. Are the wide receivers getting open? And that's something that's probably going to be addressed. I don't, what if you, have you noticed anything in the past? Because it seems to have been a pattern all year, Scott. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people are have been seeing it a little bit with Jake this year that he's just being a little bit more hesitant and not letting it fly as much as he normally was last year about this time. Nigel Burton did a great job on the Pac-12 network last night showing a couple passes where guys were open and, and he just didn't get he just didn't see him. He didn't hit him and he didn't find them when they were when they were open and, and that caused Washington to you know, give up a sack or, or him to have to throw the ball away or to check it down. So I think really what, what needs to happen is um, maybe just him need, he needs to be able to uh, uh, anticipate just a little bit more. And cause if you're going to play in the NFL and I'm not saying he's leaving early or anything like that, I don't want to get into that debate, but um, if you're going to play in the NFL, you can't throw when guys are open. You have to anticipate when guys are open. And, and I, I think to a lesser extent, you're having to do that in college football as well, especially in the Pac-12, where there's a lot of good athletes at, at, at you know, in, at the defensive back spot. So um, 
you know, I'd like to see him, him be a little bit more anticipatory on, on some of these routes. But you know what? We're kind of picking nits. Washington did win 42-7, to and he was, uh, you know, he threw for 293 yards and three touchdowns on the night. Yeah, I thought uh, Dante Pettis, you know, before going into the game, I thought Dante was a good Pac-12 receiver, you know, maybe a second or a third team, uh, all-conference all wide receiver. I think that's the best game I've ever seen Dante Pettis have, and I think he solidified himself as an elite receiver and really took his game to another level. And, you know, and I'm sure these guys are seeing it in practice every day, but I thought that was the best I've ever seen Dante Pettis look. They had no answers. Yeah, 12 receptions on 15 targets, uh, you know, three touchdowns, 105 yards, three touchdowns. He, you couldn't really have asked for much, much more from him uh, during the during that game, and and uh, he should be in, in the running for Offensive Player of the Week. The problem is Bryce Love, we can get to that in a second, but Bryce Love had a monster game versus UCLA, so he's probably not going to get it, but a uh, really good game for him and, and uh, was proud to see him go up and actually be kind of tough, and I loved one of his uh, one of his uh, touchdown celebrations when he just did like a Bruce Lee you know, in the end zone, whereas <laughs> that one was pretty funny too. Yeah, you for, you know, I know you mentioned his stats a little bit, but you forgot the four muggings. He was just getting mugged all night long, and you know, on his last touchdown, the guy went to grab him and missed. Oh yeah, and missed, <laughs> and he got the touchdown yeah. pass anyway. So uh, yeah, you know, that was good to see. But I think you know, Dante Pettis obviously took his game. Um, to another level. The defense, you know, 110 yards with eight minutes is all they'd given up with uh, 10 minutes left to go in the uh, fourth quarter. Oregon State had nothing offensively. When you've got a quarterback who can't throw, Daryl Garrettson can't throw, that's going to make it a long night for the running backs, and it did indeed. But, uh, you know, um, just the leading tackler, Ben Burkirvan, with six tackles, and the second leading tackler, had three tackles that tells you how many guys they played on the defense oh yeah it was ridiculous the amount of guys they were rotating in I mean I Sean Constantine was in there Brandon Wellington you know all these guys saw saw action you saw even some of the walk-ons get action I know Jared Pulu was in there up front as well a lot of, there was a couple walk-on defensive backs that were in there as well and uh you know just a overall a really good game for Washington to continue to help build that depth the one thing that I think we need to make sure that we uh, talk about, too, is um, Miles Gaskin, while he had a solid game, it was nice to see LeVon Coleman kind of break out and have, have a breakout game for himself. Nine rushes for 70 yards. Thought he looked really, really good, hit the hole hard and everything like that. So Washington's now got their thunder and lightning like they've been hoping to have, and now they got to use it. And then you throw in Sean McGrew and Savon Ahmed into that mix, too. Washington's deep uh, running backs look pretty stacked at this point. And then yeah, probably the best stat of the night, if you want to call it a stat, Washington came out healthy. I don't think there was anybody. I don't think the trainers went out on the field once. So, um, you know, this long into Pac-12 play, that's a good thing. So Drew Sample wasn't there, didn't make the trip. DJ Beavers didn't make the trip. Andre Bocellia didn't make the trip. You know, you know, Pete doesn't talk about injuries, so we'll find out about their status. You know, uh, probably if they're out for the year, we'll find out about it. But we'll find out the status when warm-ups start um, next Saturday, but, uh, they sure don't seem to be missing anybody with the undefeated record. They're up to number five in the country, Scott. Uh, well, number five in the coaches poll, number six, still in the, uh, AP poll. Yeah. With, uh, USC and, you know, diving into the PAC 12 conference a little bit, USC just 
decimated with injuries. They lost. They uh, were out seven starters at the beginning of the Washington State game, and then they lost two more. Boy, losing nine starters makes it rough. That just makes it yeah. rough, Scott. Well, it makes it rough going on the road against a pretty good team in Washington State. You know, I, I, I still, you know, I said it on the radio show on Saturday, and I still feel that way this morning. You know. I, I don't know how good Washington State is because they really haven't played a good team at this point because USC, even when they've had guys on the field, all the guys on the field, they they haven't played that well. They barely beat Western Michigan. They barely beat a very average Texas team at home. Um, you know, Stanford is the only team they really went out and, and you know, beat down. And so I still don't know how good um, – Washington State is, but give them all the credit, man. They they made it very tough on that, uh, you know, USC defense. There were several. I, I counted at least six third and longs, more than third and tens, that the Washington State offense, you know, converted and kept drives going. And and, and then when when they got on defense, when uh, Washington State was on defense. They only had to rush three or four guys to get pressure on Darnold, and that allowed them to drop seven or eight into coverage. And if you're able to do that, that just makes it almost impossible to throw against. I'm not a big guy on criticizing play calling. I'm a big believer in execution is more than play calling. But, boy, there was sure some head scratches. you got Ronald Jones in the backfield. You know, Stephen Carr got, you know, hurt his ankle a little bit. But you got Ronald Jones. I'm not, I don't understand why they weren't feeding that guy. Oh, I know. Well, and you saw what happened when they, they audibled to him and, and he took off for, what, 65, 70 yards, whatever it was, yeah. on that long run that he had. So, um, you know, he's a special player, special talent, and uh, for some reason they decided they were going to put the ball in the hands of uh, a guy that, that they put have, have put their full trust in. So we'll, we'll just have to see. But, um, well, you know, I – I, you, you, I, I am not a big fan of these passing offenses, constantly passing and passing and passing, especially when you have the size advantage and the talent advantage up front. And Washington State, you know, has a smallish defensive line when it comes to the to the ends. But USC decided to they'd rather throw it instead of hand it off on a regular basis. Well, you know, when they got the interception, they threw it, almost got a pick six out of that. That was probably a rundown. And then you know that they're going to run the ball. Washington State stacked the box and stopped him short, you know, and then they run it again on third down where, you know, they're trying to ram it up the middle with the, with the box stacked and they're trying to throw it out and almost got a pick there. But, you know, they got Sam Darnold who, you know, in the game also, that run pass option, you know, where he reads that and he's almost unstoppable. And I don't understand, you know, you say they want to put it in his hands on the two yard line. That's the best way of putting it in his hands. So I was really surprised that, you know, those play calls, I don't think those were check downs either. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to, to say other than uh, USC looks out of sorts. And I'll tell you what, Washington needs, you know, if, if you're Washington, you now need, Washington State and USC to win out because you need those two teams to be top 10 teams when you head into that Apple Cup. And then hopefully if you win the Apple Cup into the into the uh, Pac-12 championship and and uh, Washington needs to win out USC and Washington State. I, I still don't understand any Husky fan who rooted for Washington State last night. But since people did, now you got to root for Washington State in every game heading up to the Apple Cup. Washington State heads is that uh they play Oregon is that in Eugene or is that in Pullman? 
It is in well Washington. Yeah, it's down there in Eugene because uh, the uh, Oregon travels up to Washington this year. Yeah, and with uh, Oregon losing their quarterback, uh, it's being reported that Justin Herbert uh, broke his collarbone. Not sure of the status of Royce Freeman, but their backup quarterback got hurt as well, and they had to play a pure freshman and burn his red shirt and Brandon Burmeister. Yeah, um, not a good situation for Oregon at the quarterback's position. You know, the nice thing, the only nice thing about it is the kid's now going to get um, a full week of reps as the number one, and hopefully they can get him ready. Um, you know, I'm, I've heard Royce Freeman four to seven weeks is the possibility for him being out. Um, I think what hit, it was his a leg injury. I think I couldn't remember. I'm not sure. Um, uh, yeah, what? I'm not sure. Oh, not sure. Okay. So, you know, I, you know, J- uh, Justin Herbert though, I mean, great kid. I talked to him during the recruiting process, great kid and, um, feel bad for him, but, uh, you know, who feels sorry for the ducks that's, that's in the Husky sphere of football. So, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to feel sorry for them in any stretch. <laughs> Washington, uh, takes on Cal and, uh, Cal has had a good year under Justin Wilcox, former Washington defensive coordinator and Marcus Tuiasasopo returning home. So it'll be good to see Marcus, but Ross Bowers at quarterback. He's a local kid who's had a good year, but, um, you know, they got to be careful with Cal. I, you know, it's a home game. The crowd will be fired up. It's a night game. They don't only be fired up. They'll be is liquor saying they'd be liquor up? Is that uh, appropriate? But uh, night game at Husky Stadium, it should be good. I I think that uh, they you know, it, I think they'll have a little bit of trouble with Cal, but in the end, I don't think that uh, they'll pull away like they have in the past with these other teams. Yeah, um, Cal is is much better than they have been in recent years. Now that being said, Washington should still win this game. I think it's going to be by you know seventeen to twenty points somewhere in that range. Um, and that's probably going to be pretty close to the, uh, to the, uh, spread when, when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, I mean, Cal's defense is better than it's been, uh, but they still don't have a ton of speed. And, and if you can get out and, and, uh, get into space on them, you can hurt them. And, and then when it, when their offense is on the field, you know, Ross Bowers has had a pretty good year, but last night Oregon showed, man, you can really confuse him with zone blitzes and, and sending guys from different angles and everything like that. Oregon got at least four or five sacks on him in the game that, and, you know, when I was watching the game. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough for Cal to come in here and win. But that being said, Washington, this is not a team Washington can take lightly. This isn't Oregon State. This is Cal, and they're playing a lot better than they have been. You know, as good as the defense is playing with uh, Justin Wilcox down there, I just think getting Bo Baldwin, you know, the head coach at Eastern as the offensive coordinator down there, Man, what a coup for, uh, you know, Justin Wilcox getting that guy. Yeah, that was a huge get for them. But you know what? Uh, Bo Baldwin also wanted to uh, get out and give himself a chance to be a head coach at a, F, uh, you know, FBS program, Power 5 school. And this is the way to kind of do it. Um, he's got a guy who none of us ever thought was ever going to play. He's got a guy in Ross Bowers. Uh, playing really well. And so, you know, we'll just have to see what happens that, as they move forward. But don't be surprised if, if Bo Ball, if, if Cal goes bowling, don't be surprised if Bo Baldwin's name starts to come up for some of these head coaching vacancies that are always around in, in uh, mid to late December. And then that would elevate Marcus Tuyasasopo to offensive coordinator, probably. 
Yep, and set him up to be the next co- head coach at the University of Washington once Pete decides to hang him up. <laughs> yeah, Bush Hamden may have something to say about that. That is true, too. <laughs> Bush now is the uh, wide receivers coach down at the Atlanta Falcons, and they're having a great year. He's down there with Sark, who's the offensive coordinator. So uh, and they've got Josh Perkins down there and Desmond Trufant. So they've got some uh, little bit of uh, Seattle and UW flavor down there in yeah, well, Atlanta. Well, they, lo- they lost on Sunday. So, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they did lose to the Buffalo Bills uh, yesterday. But, um, you know, he uh, – you know, Hamden is a, is a heck of a coach, and, and I would like to see him get a chance to be, uh, you know, an offensive coordinator here. And I think that might be his next step, not necessarily here, but his next step is as an offensive coordinator. And, and he's got the chops to become a uh, uh, head coach someday. I just don't know if it's going to be for a little while. Yeah. Anything else we need to cover, Scott? Uh, no, you know, recruiting's going to uh, pick up a little bit when the co- when the coaches go on the um road uh once they have their bye week so keep an eye out for that we'll have you know as much about that as we can you know where the coaches are headed and things like that um some of unofficial or some official visits are going to start uh being set up here pretty soon i know several uh um commits who are planning to visit in the middle of december uh right before signing day um several of them have said they want to visit in january but uh, i think most of them are going to end up visiting in december and signing in december so uh, just keep it tuned here. We always have everything for you guys and, and, and as much of, in a timely manner as we can get it to you. And, and, uh, um, you know, it's, it, it recruiting is a, is a uh, part of the game that never sleeps. And, uh, even if there's not a ton going on, there's still stuff going on. Hopefully get out to a basketball practice this week. Basketball started late last week, uh, trying to get a hold of Coach Hop. And, you know, hopefully it won't be an issue with me getting in there to watch a basketball practice with the commitment of Jamal Bay. I know that the uh, Washington coaching staff really like this kid. He's a 6'6 swing guy from uh, Bishop Gorman down in uh, Las Vegas, one of the premier high school athletic programs in the country. Not just football, not just basketball, but across the board. It's a great program down there. Uh, the assistant coach at Washington, Dave Rice, his brother is the head coach at Bishop Gorman. If they can start a little bit of a pipeline down there, not only with basketball, but uh, you know that might help with football because they sure produce a lot of football guys as well. So expect hoops coverage to start increasing as well. So you know we always love it when football, basketball, and recruiting are all going on at the same time. That's the best time of year, isn't it, Scott? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on KJR Sports Radio KJR Tuesday night and every Tuesday night throughout the season from six thirty to eight. You can always uh, catch us at dogman.com. We do not have a radio schedule confirmed for Saturday. We'll be on the air on Saturday as well. Just a reminder, if you want those daily updates in your inbox, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you signed up with that. Again, huskystadium at gmail.com. We will get you hooked up. And so for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs.